hello everybody. This is Two Thumbs Undecided on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morn. It's slowly becoming an afternoon. I am one uh, Two Thumbs Undecided man, Zachary J. Johnson Ferguson. And I am, I am the other. Me. I am definitely to the left of you uh, at this very moment. I am the other. Uh, two thumbs undecided boy. Though I guess I um, can't because really... I age. Can you? He... Can I can you hear, hear me. I can hear. Yeah, I mean you're All to right. the left you're of just me. You're just, just yelling at me. Sorry. Um, but uh, yes, today is a great cold day here in New York. I'm here. I with Sam. am freezing outside. Yeah. Not we're... freezing. I'm not freezing. Um, Sam is currently. He has some sort of disease at the moment. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called. Paps Blue Ribbon Disease. Oh, my, Dill. Yeah, let's get right into it. The Paps Blue Ribbon Disease. It is um, spreading to all hipsters everywhere who don't don't want to spend money on good beer. Or um, for, frat bo- for frat boys, it's... Um, uh, are frat boys... Uh, I guess frat boys are PBR. Except here... No, 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 no. I was saying for pra- frat boys, it's, uh, it's been so long since I've been in college. What do like, they drink? Well, I always, I don't know, I didn't go to any frat boy house because frat boy... It's not really PBR, it's like, what is, what's like the, the really bad, not yingling, but like what's what... Uh, Milwaukee's really Best, that was another one that I love. I guess Milwaukee's I oh, Best. Me. No, but I there's, don't know there's... I don't know what you're talking... Here's the thing, the fraternities at Bowling Green were not really fraternities. I was so let down when I went to uh, <laughs> to try to join a fraternities. They were basically like Boy Scouts. I was like, mm. "Excuse me, I what? What's happening? I'm out." Anyways, in the middle. okay, yes. Speaking of Boy Scouts, um, we are a we are two boys, uh, but we don't scout. We're boys uh, in re- in reference to like a hundred year old man who would probably true, call us true. boys. Yes, um, we talk about film. We talk about media, and this week we wanted to do a special episode um, based on. Uh, Korean on and films. around Korean films, because obviously Parasite really ups, like Shook really the brought world. Korean films to light, um, and I think there's a lot of history to Korean films that um, people don't really know about. Uh, there's a, a long, extended history uh, that is very different from Hollywood that you know of. Um, but before we get into that. We always begin with a little bit of film news. Now, so that, kick it away, Zach. What is some news that we need to know about film? Well, here's, a, here's an interesting news uh, thing. So I tried to uh, look up the Korean Film Archive website. Mm-hmm. And it says here, the Korean Film Archive announces the following facilities are temporarily closed down its operations due to the coronavirus outbreak. Out. We, Fudge. We, yeah, so they are closed. The actual website is closed down because of this um, epidemic at the moment. Wait, the website is closed yeah, down? Yeah, the website is closed. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, wait. No, never mind. The website's not closed down. I just didn't scroll. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't want to do the research. No, I, I I saw this announcement. It said... You were just like, oh, there's coronavirus out there. I, I can't corona. do any research. Anyways... I just, a little bit of, you know, uh, a public service announcement out there. Wash your hands. Wash your, do all the things you normally do, honestly, because I'd say 80% of this, and 
watch, they're going to replay the tapes and they're going to be like, Sam caused more pain than anything else. But most, everything that I've seen, the coronavirus is basically the same thing as, not the same thing, but it's like oh, the flu. No. I, okay, I don't know if I agreed to anything you're about to say. But what? No, that's what I'm saying. Is it, it? We were talking about this beforehand. Is it? It definitely like yeah. Take precautions, but if it's not a pandemic, it's not something that, you know, if you get it, it's a death sentence. This isn't. This isn't a uh, the what's it called? Uh, nineteen like during World War One, where everyone was dying from some disease. I forget what it was called, but like you got it and you died within like black, five days. This, the Black Plague, you mean? No, not the Black. You know, like during World War One, there was all this giant like disease that was going around America that was like killing all these people. I do you know, not know about this. So I, I forget guess... what it was called. I forget what the, the disease was called, but it was like a big, I think sometimes it's overshadowed by like world war one, but like, yeah, there's during world war one, there was this disease going around in America. Um, but all over the world, because this was like one of the first times that the whole world was in one place. Hmm. Um, but this isn't this. That this isn't that. This isn't you know. This isn't Ebola. Um, this is something that is a little bit more. Uh, you know. Well, it, you get it. You the, stay yeah, the, in bed. If you're healthy and fine, then you're good. You know, just stay healthy. Wash your hands. I just take I, your flu shots. I think yes. I I just it's uh, very. I don't. I was not a internet man when uh, the swine flu was happening. So mm. I think you know. I think you're right, Sam. I think. Uh, it's a little I bit more prevalent in my mind because I every day I look up Google News and for yes. some reason now I guess I because my cookies they they show me like nothing but coronavirus articles. Yeah, that's how they get you. And well, that just that the, stinks. Like, that's spreading more so than the coronavirus. Uh, the coronavirus is the 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 scare of coronavirus. You know what else is spreading? And I'm t- talking about this cuz this is Love. more so to do with media love love to an extent but also more so to do with media is mike bloomberg ads those oh, yeah are <laughs> everywhere i just saw and it's a funny so annoying i am, you try to, not you try to you try to well, well, I, I don't know why i'm seeing them but i type anything into like i type in the debates or something into youtube yeah and at the very top it's an ad from mike bloomberg and I never see that from anywhere else. And it's so, and I'm trying to turn it off. I'm trying to turn off like the notifications, but you can't. You can't turn off the notifications from Mike Bloomberg. Well, I saw a funny little thing that said like, uh, like this is how close I am to uh, buying YouTube Premium, and it's like a car that's like a millis like thing from hitting the wall. Um, no, I'm seeing more. Uh, what is it, Bernie Sanders, where he's just like, hey, can you? Can you talk to uh, Can you talk to me a little bit? You know. I don't know why I'm not seeing that. I'm uh, glad. I like seeing Bernie's face. Oh yeah. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. I'm gonna go inside. We can keep going, but I'm gonna move inside. All right. Well, say a little bit more about uh, film news. What's oh, going else? Uh, else going I feel like there's more than that. Uh, I don't know where you get your information from. To so you, like, you can just spit things off. Willy nilly, but I'm just telling you, what I'm seeing in the film news is Better Call Saul's back, and Jesus Rolls, the Big Lebowski uh, spinoff, premiered. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I you know I love doing these may- like these kind of pre-records because I get to uh, use good mics, but 
You're ruining it by going inside and doing all this. You're breathing so loudly. Well, I'm breathing loudly into, this not into the mic. This could have been a perfect episode. This is authentic. It's not authentic. You know, okay, the thing about being authentic is I'm, I it's like am... if you just went into the bathroom and all of a sudden we heard you taking a dump. It's like, oh, this is authentic. You know, I'm a human. I don't want to hear I, that. I'm sorry it was really cold outside. You, why okay, why did. did you not think it was so You live in New York. You should know you just live in hell. And if you right. if you don't live in a if you don't ever leave your house, I also did not take into consideration that all of my batteries would start dying really quickly because oh, it's so cold outside. Isn't that horrible? So it's actually I not know. too bad here in uh, Pittsburgh. It's a li- it's all a right. little chilly. It's a little chilly. S- some other film news. I think that was um, I thought that was pretty good with film news. By the way, it's I think fine. I think last week we were rambled on too much about politics. So I think I we think we did talk about politics, but uh, this isn't necessarily film news. This is something I actually wanted to say like a while ago. Yes, please do. Um, there's a really cool um, video. Oh wait, no, I already said talked about this. Never mind. Okay. About the train arriving at the station. Oh but yes. The other, the other things that I wanted to talk about were, for one, the movie, um, the movies that are coming out. The Invisible Man ah. is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's getting a lot of good reviews. I haven't seen it. Um, it looks but it looks fun. A thing I'm is, also, I'm also so surprised that Sonic is getting a lot of good reviews. That's the one that I'm really happy for because uh, Ben Schwartz is a uh, regular on. Uh, comedy bang bang and i like him he's just a fun guy the uh invisible man thing i think that's a really cool and interesting premise you know it's definitely like it's a showing you know toxic toxic male masculinity or whatever Mm -hmm. um my thing is is i um i really there's uh no i mean like i'm glad they're doing it but it just makes me remember uh if there's any just monster movies out there because the original uh, Invisible Man was just about a guy, you know, running around invisible, doing invisible stuff. I guess here's the thing. I guess you can't. This one's. I think this one's different from that. This well, no, different. yeah. This is this is a whole new concept of like a woman is being terrorized by a man who tortured her, you know, as a abuser, and now he's invisible. Mm-hmm. I think it actually it's a very interesting com uh, it's got a, for a horror film it's got a 7.5 which is anything horror films for some reason tend to always get like a 6 or below on IMDb or like below a 7 um so yeah anything higher than a 6 I think is a There's movie also worth I mean, there seems like another a lot of horror movies there I mean I guess this Well a lot of season, remakes like- Summer, like summer films, is when like these horror kind of films that aren't going to be competing in the Oscars start coming out. Well, there's um, um there's Forbidden, there's uh not uh, there's also Fan- Fantasy Can- Island. There's also Candyman, which just had their trailer premiere today. Yeah. Um, which is I I remember watching that. Tr- I never watched the movie, but I remember watching the trailer for that and being scared. I don't even um, remember um watching the trailer for that. So really, no. It's well, I think I watched it. When we when Netflix first started, um, I think I may be the only person that ever did this. But when Netflix first started, it was 
I, whenever the streaming, it wasn't really streaming back then, but there was always the trailers were on um, for the movies. I watched a bunch of trailers of like these old movies. Now, I would please, just like search, please. I would just search around Netflix and like find these old trailers and I would just watch the trailers on Netflix. Now you do know that this was a joint adventure between the two of us. Yes. Yeah, we did that. We did Sam and I, and I don't know if we talked about this. Wait, but I thought we did that with Candy. I think you were there with Candy. We Man. might. Well, we, the thing is, okay. So for people, just a little history. Yeah, when Netflix came out, it was just a DVD thing, but they had all these trailers on, and I also did the same thing, and I think we did it together because you know, internet was a shared thing, except yeah. for homework. But yeah, we would watch all these really old, cheesy commercial like trailers for like. War of the World, or um, the one I remember the most is I would rewatch Resident Evil that trailer a bunch, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, watch out for kids or stuff, the stuff like those trailers. Candyman yeah. I don't remember, but um, I well, remember the- we made a game of it by like. I want to get. Oh, go ahead. You would leave the room. One of us would leave the room, and we would just like. Turn our uh, close our eyes, and we would have to guess what the trailer was due to the sound of it. The oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why we're we only talk about films because this is all we did when we were kids. I am. Here's the thing. <laughs> I we just we but, just like played games with trailers I, and like before before we go on. I think I am so 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 happy. And, and I have conscious realization that we were on the very, very end of a civilization that was relying on internet. Like, yeah. I, am, I am so happy that I don't... No, you mean we were... We are the end of the cinema uh, the, that didn't rely on internet. Right, like, now you will see every single kid has a cell phone with internet, or, like, internet is prevalent. I didn't, like, I really didn't use internet or do all that stuff like fun stuff on the internet till college or even at, I didn't even use, I didn't even use Reddit till like two years after college. Also. Yeah. I see. I know. I know what you're saying. That also is true with just film in general, because I think it's great that we lived in a time in which, but, but I will um, say like theaters going to theaters was like well, that's how you, you watched movies. And you now, know? now was... I got to say, I almost dread going to a theater. Yeah. And that's I've true. discussed, I'm like, except maybe row house, like, except for, like, the only time I love going to the theater is if I know people there will respect it. Mm-hmm. Like, row house, like, indie films, fe- like, indie places, or, ugh, if I could, if every theater could have the same experience as a film festival, that would be fantastic, because, ugh, Oh, you mean, like, the... New York Film Festival. New York Film Festival. Nobody really has, good. nobody has their cell phones on. Everybody's. There was one time I saw someone, someone had their phone out, but I think they were very quickly silenced. The great thing is, is you know that people are being paid, or people have paid extreme money to be there. So it's like if you're on your cell phone, you're losing money or something. Yeah. Also, before we get into the Korean films, um, there is one very important bit of news that uh, we should talk about. What the heck you're talking about? Bob Iger dropped down. Uh, CEO. Oh yes, I was gonna make a, a reference saying uh, like, okay, time for me to step in. Well, they all the thing that's crazy about it, and what's they already like the news was dropped, and when the news was dropped, 
they already had a new CEO. Like they already have somebody else. It's some other bald white guy. His name is also Bob. Um, it's a I think clone. it's Bob. I think it's Bob Odenkirk. Actually, is it, is it just a clone of Bob Iger? His name is Bob Igor. It's like a more deformed clone. Yeah, it just gets Hello. It's a clone of a clone of a clone. I'm Bob no, the, Igor, and I am the now dip- the CEO of Disney. Ah, ah, ah. The difference between Bob Igor you can use that and SNL. What if they just start they steal it? I swear, if they, they do that, it. what that is a good skit, Bob Igor. Like someone dresses up and like, all right, it's time for me to step down. All right, come in, my clone. And like, ah, you mean me, Bob <laughs> Igor? <laughs> like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Here are all your contracts. Oh, the fools! Little do they know what I'll do, Bob Igor. Come on. <laughs> See that's instead, funny. And still SNL instead SNL is just making what? music videos about the subway. That's that's funny, right? Not really. It's I don't know. SNL Hire me SNL. Though eh, you know what's you know funny? What? Just a little bit like Sorry. I I want to get back to the Bob Igor thing. Okay. Cuz um It's a big deal. What's what's interesting to me though is Bob Igor Bob sorry, Bob Iger <laughs> came from ABC. Right, like he came from TV, so one of the sure. I think one of the biggest things with Bob Iger is he um he like he like consolidated bought all of this media conglomerates like he bought Marvel he bought uh he bought um uh or he bought Marvel Studios yeah I he thought it was Marvel cool Studios I he bet... bought um all these different things I bet and so a... the person's the person's taking over him yeah. is oh, no. um the the head of the museums uh, or not the museum sorry he's the so head of the amusement parks every oh okay yeah so he's the head of like the amusement parks which is I don't what really i don't care if disney owns that well they do own the amusement parks well no that's the thing i'm like i i thought you were going to say that this guy bob whatever like owns i don't know like no what i'm saying is is i'm 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 thinking i'm hoping that all of this purchasing of media conglomerates is going to end because it was kind of scaring me how many things they were buying, um, and and I think they part of it was to do it for the streaming service. But now that that's over, and now they have someone else whose experience is a little bit more of like, I think more of the the, a little bit more grounded in the original identity of Disney. Um, he at least will I think focus more so on building the brand instead of buying companies. Uh, I'm hoping. I, I hope that too, but if I know anything about people who have ultimate power over the world, uh, they want more power. So yeah. They will not stop until it is all de- devoured. Um, Don't I stop will, until you get enough. I will say, I think, I, say. I think Bob Iger, like, I think what started his wants and needs and love for being a you know who he is is I bet as a kid, his family probably sat down and went, "Okay, what board game do you want to play?" Sorry, and then Bob Igor's like, "Never apologize." Or, <laughs> and then his parents are like, "Or Monopoly," and he said, "Bingo," and then they went, "No, it's Monopoly," <laughs> and then he went, "No, I want to play Monopoly because I want to <laughs> make a Monopoly." And then there was a whole discussion, like, but you said bingo. And then the dog runs in <laughs> because the dog's name is Bingo. And he's like, oi, Kavolts. Boom, another <laughs> SNL skit. 
I think SNL should do a whole episode just on Bob Eichel. Anyways, this is a great lead-in for um our thing today. Films. Um, so Korean films. Um, so once again, we are talking about this partially because, well, actually mostly because. Uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite won Fantastic for film. the Oscars. It also won. We did a whole episode about it, by the way. And I'm so... We did, that's one of the greatest regrets of We did the life. whole episode when it won at Cannes because it was the first South Korean film to ever win um, at the Cannes uh, Can Film Festival. It won the Palm d'Or. Can they do it? They did. Um, they did. Oh, but they can. I think what a lot of people don't realize about South Korean cinema is uh, it has a very long history... Um, that's a fairly complex history, um, a cinema history. And actually, they they were celebrating their 100th anniversary um, uh, back in, in – it was the 100th anniversary of the beginning of Korean film in 2019, last year, uh, when they won the Palme d'Or. Hmm. Um, but what's interesting about that is the first film – I think what they were referencing was the first – film produced by korea was called the righteous revenge which was performed in 1919 but it wasn't it's kind of confusing i was trying to decipher what this meant but um it was actors were performing against a backdrop on which a feature film was projected um so i think it was like part film part live action or like part part like actors on a stage um if that makes sense. Does that make sense, Zach? Uh, not really. Well, what I guess I'm trying to say is it it wasn't it wasn't a a a complete um picture, I guess. It wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't what we think of as now as a uh uh a picture. It wasn't like an actual Was like it they like shot a YouTube it YouTube clip? No, it wasn't a YouTube clip. I'm just saying the beginning of it is a little it's a little bit sh- I think I need to do a little bit more uh, digging on what that means, like the 1919. But it seemed like it wasn't like a traditional silent film that would have been playing in America at that time. It was like actors acting on stage in front of the screen, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I get the first. Oh, they recorded a play is what you're saying. And that was a movie. I think it was part play, part movie. Um I'm all. I'm getting this. You guys can go into the Korean archives, uh, which Korean... currently is. Oh no, wait! It's not shut down. We already established. It's not that. shut down. I looked at it today, <laughs> um, but oh. if you look it up, they 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 talk about it briefly, and I was trying to decipher what they meant. But the first silent film that they, the first silent feature that they did. Wait, actually, maybe that's like a silent. The 1919, The Righteous Revenge. It was like a short. It wasn't a feature, because the first feature was in. Um, 1923 uh, was the first Korean feature, uh, and it was called. Um, hey, I'm in Korea. Ooh, actually, I don't have the name. Mm. Uh, but most films, though, um, before 19, there's not a single feature film that has survived that was shot before 1934. I know it's so weird because here's the thing. Um, I'm looking up because lists are fun. Uh, all the movies that are like the top 20, cla- it says classic modern South Korean cinema ranked. This is from The Guardian. 
And it's all movies from uh, like 1996 to now. Yeah, because what what it seems like happened, um, well, not seems like, but this obviously the they were invaded. Um, in Japan invaded them in 19, uh, 40 or sorry, 1930. Oh, 1937, Japan invaded Korea and occupied Korea. Um, and from then until 1955, after the Korean wars ended, they were kind of, it, there was not a whole lot of focus on korean uh trying to preserve korean cinema um and of course there were some people that were really pushing the boundaries um for instance um the master of the the 20s uh was this person named na un uh q um who did this movie called a a ring a rear rang uh in 1926 uh or night or yeah 1926 and he was 25, Na was, and he produced, directed, and starred in a film about a mentally unstable man who kills a wealthy landowner's son uh, who was linked to the Japanese police, which sounds kind of like Parasite, at least in a, in a way, but like about the guy that's like stuck under the, the well, I don't want to ruin anything, but it, it, the more and more I'm looking into it, I feel like there's a lot of reoccurring themes that play out, um, that is played out throughout uh, Korean cinema, and one now, of them being, and one of them being like hierarchies, uh, and I think more so back then there was a very there's a lot of anti-Japanese films that were coming out. Now, have you seen um, have you seen the movie Handmaiden? I have seen the movie Handmaiden. Is uh, it, that's jumping um, all the way until. Uh, what was that? Well, I only I only asked because I saw on Reddit somewhere that was like saying if you really liked Parasite, you should see Handmaiden. And yeah. from what I remember seeing Handmaiden trailer and being like, "Whoa, this is this is super sexual." It's like it's nothing but sex scenes. There's a very very vivid, honestly, probably the most vivid, vivid? sex scene. Like a detailed oh. sex scene Ooh. of is it like you can is it like is it like POV okay, of the penis? Take that. I I take this back. First off, it's between two women, but I also take oh, that back because POV of hand, the vagina. Know. Well, no, I was never mind. I don't I don't want to get it's, vivid. It's it's a it's a um uh what was I gonna say uh what was I saying. Oh, but it, uh, blue is the warmest color is definitely more, more so. Well, that's uh, that's longer. Yeah, but it's also much more graphic. Uh, but this, I mean, it is what still is, is it's blue very is the graphic. warmest color. Yeah, blue is the warmest color is is very graphic. Um, but this is also very graphic. Uh, the one in in Handmaiden. Mm. But um, that's I mean I don't think it takes away from the film at all. Um, but it is a it, lot to do with it. it, it does it make sense? Do is it good is it good? Is it just kinda like Well like, before I'm horny. before I get to those the more modern films, I wanna go through the history real quick. And I'll try to skim this as much as possible. Um but I mean there's a lot in a, a lot of it has to do with um a lot of repression of uh restrictions of cinema, um and a lot of codes that kind of was put into place. Um, 
1953, uh, President, uh, President Re, uh, Singerman, uh, made cinema tax-free, uh, and foreign aid programs to help, uh, the rebirth of Korean film, uh, 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 Korean cinema after the Japanese left and after Americans left and after the whole split between nor North and South. And then that ushered in like the golden age and the golden age, there was still a lot of restrictions. There's a motion picture law, uh, that was put into place by dictator Park Chun-hee. Uh, more laws were put into place, uh, to censor, um, but also the Korean film archive was put into place to help preserve Korean cinema. But, um, the most most people in in Korea. Oh wait, I think I'm jumping ahead. Korea Korean cinema was really losing a lot of its money, and it didn't really reverse the the uh, the losing of money until the mid '90s. Mm. So throughout like the '70s, '80s, and early '90s, um, Korean cinema was kind of like not doing great. So that's um, why we're, we we're seeing a upstart of. Uh, south korean films in in the 90s well because of the let me sorry i'm also just reading these notes real quick um we start seeing more and more we start seeing more and more uh we sorry we start seeing more and more like films coming out in the mid 90s starting around 96 because these restrictions start being more and more lax, because the government starts stops becoming like a military dictatorship and turns more into a democracy. Um, and also, apparently, there was part of the code um, in the, the Korean cinema was you weren't allowed to make an independent film. Like, you had to go through a studio. Oh, my goodness. So that was uh, taken off, I think, in sometime around the 90s. Uh, and I thought that was really really crazy um that that was a law that you couldn't make an independent film it everything had to go through a studio and in that way the studios had to go through the states in some way that would be so um, boring yeah so the other thing is in the 80s or 1988 uh they started they started restricting um uh, or they started taking away some of the laws that uh, barred hollywood away from korea because before it was just korean films could be showed in korea but once that happened, um, at at one point, I think in like 92, like 16% of uh, moviegoers were going to see Korean films. The other, I don't know, uh, do the math, 84% uh, were going to see uh, Hollywood films. So Hollywood films were taking up a lot of the money in Korea um, up until um, 90... I think it was around, it was, yeah, in 2001. That was finally when films started becoming, or Korean domestic films started becoming more uh, more than 50% of the total revenue in Korea. And then in 2004, and this gets into more modern things, in 2004, um, Old Boy wins the Grand Prix, uh, which is second place at Cannes, um, and that really catapulted it into... Um, uh, into the uh, in, into Korea into the like the modern like people were now really talking about Korean hey, film hey. and then and then the last thing on the list in on the Korean film archive is the in 2006 the host uh, breaks box office records and becomes and makes mark uh, market and 
Oh yeah, makes mo uh, local market share sixty four percent for Korean films, um, and the host was directed by Bong Joon Ho, and this was his yeah, yeah. third. Well, it's like third film. It's like him, and shoot, I just had it. The guy who did uh, Old Boy, they seem to be like the George Lucas. Or, okay, that's bad. Basically, they are the the blockbuster guys of South Korea. Yeah, I mean. Like their movies, look up, look up his name though. Look up his name. His name. Same, his name his, is Chan Wook Park. Yeah. So these people also, I think he's the same person that did Handmaiden. Yes, sir. If I'm not mistaken. No, that's the thing. Is like their movies are like so power, like so. What is it? Um, famous that they they have definitely, like okay. I'm not saying that that shows you that. I'm just saying Americans can name you his movies like they they are yeah. knowable i also think it's it's important to point out because the golden age like the golden age of korean film was from 55 to 69 that's, that was the that's, that's really the, the i thought what i'm saying their, is i thought now is their golden time but that that is their is equivalent that... of you know like the golden age of hollywood for us is like the 20s and 30s that was the golden age of cinema in in the US. Yeah. So they are behind. Like they were behind a lot of years because of a lot of like a lot of government suppression that's lasted for like 30 40 years ever since ever since Japan really invaded and that was in like the late 30s. Well, I wonder if that so means it's, it's been a long time and a lot of films have been lost to time because of this. Well, um, does that so... does that mean that uh if we somehow snuck into South Korea. Could we be on the precipice of a golden, like on their silver age of uh, cinema? I think right now what South Korea is going through right now is what we may have in America may have experienced in say the seventies. Like I think South Korea starting even, I think even in like the mid two thousands though, but I think it's, it's blowing up more and more and more because of these two directors um it's it's becoming it is becoming like now that all these restrictions are kind of dissipating and more it, it, there's more of a foundation that they can build upon um south korean films is becoming more and more mature uh and that's why you see like bong joon ho and i i really love these and the the i watched a few movies in in preparing for this because um, I've already seen all of the Bong Joon-ho films. I've seen all of his films, all of his feature films, that is. And I've seen... Um, What's your favorite? All, my favorite Bong Joon-ho? Yeah. I would say, honestly, probably Memories of Murder. Really? Which See, is the I, second, I would now, second film. I've only seen... I. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good film, but I was most um, enthralled by Parasite. I'm, Wait, you saw Memories of Murder? I have. I've seen that and Mother. I like loved. I said, you no. Were more enthralled by Parasite. I really loved it. The thing about Parasite is, I'm a big sucker for like things going weird, but it makes sense. Like if it's written well, uh, and I thought he did it miraculously. And just, also, I, ma maybe here's another thing: the quality of the like uh, Parasite is HD to the max. I watched Murders of Memory on DVD, and I think if maybe mm. I streamed it. It would have been better, but yeah. See, we streamed it on. Um, I forget what it was, but for some reason, when we were streaming it, 
the, it was one of those streaming sites that also had commercials, mm. but it was the same what? commercial every single time. Whoa, you had to watch a commercial in the movie? Yeah. Ah. Oh. I know it's not great, but... It's horrible. It, it was what, it was what we did. You got to, like, the scene in the crying game where it just, like, he turns around and there's a penis, and then all of a sudden it's like... Hi, I'm Mike Bloomberg. Zach, Zach, <laughs> you're talking like you you never had to watch movies on TV before. We've watched many of movies uh, on TV. <laughs> you're right. This oh, is that's a... exce- But the thing is, is you're paying for this streaming site, right? No, I'm not. That uh, was a, I'm I wasn't. It's it's a streaming site that gets its money through the ads. Uh, so it was a it was free for us. But oh, uh, um, see, to me that was that was weird. But what was what's funny about it is it was the same ad every single time, and it was the ad for uh, Ashton Kutcher has a show, in which he's he like pr- helping kids. He's helping kids paying off their student debt. That's funny. So it, it just cut to, <laughs> it just cuts to kids just like yelling at Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> and Ashton Kutcher's just sta- sitting there, just like, what did I do? And then it cuts back to like Wait, Mary's hold a murder. On, hold on a second. How is that a show? Hey. Watch this 20 minutes of uh, this. I'm going to give this kid money. How am I going to get there to give this kid money? I don't. I, <laughs> is that is it, that the trip is he has to figure out how to get to this person's like, I'm paying for this person's education, but they live in a war zone. And it's just like a, a montage of Ashton Kutcher, like getting blown up, stabbed, <laughs> seduced by... A fish person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like getting that. back to Shape of Water, huh? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, comparison time. I thought the Oscar choice for Parasite was, like, the be- better decision than Shape of Water. Because Shape of Water was, like, a good movie, but it was another, like, it was another, it, Shape of Water was, like, a B movie that was made with A, pl- like, A-plus material. I well, think... Parasite, I thought that it wasn't a B. I'm not saying that was sh- shot like a, a B movie, but uh, Parasite is a very strange movie. Like, it, it had some very. See, here's the thing. This is the reason why. And now this is just turning into talking about Bong Joon Ho. But okay, yes. The, 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 the reason why I didn't want to. I, I don't like Parasite as, say, as much as Mother or Memories of Murder is. It does seem like Parasite, it does get weird. It definitely gets weird, and I like it more than uh, Okja or Snowpiercer. I do. I also love those movies, don't get me wrong, but I, I like it because it's go- going back to his roots. But I love that film. I love, like, Memories of Murder more because I really... Memories of Murder, it really felt like... An indie film? It felt one... I, I also think I am going through a phase of, like, only liking directors, like, early stuff. Like no, only and I, liking I get their, you because... their early films, and it felt indie. But also, I like films in which you don't under you you feel like you're not supposed to like a character, and then you like the character, and then you don't like them, and it goes back and forth. And that back was and that forth. was a cool twist of it. Like I thought, I I thought he was gonna the main actor who apparently is compared to Al Pacino in South Korea. Um, the the guy who's in like all of Bong Joon Ho's oh, yeah. stuff, uh, which Sun Park, I, something Park. That's another reason why I would love. I like. I wish I grew up in two. Like somehow grew up in two countries to compare, because like we're so used to American actors like Tom Tommy Cruise and and 
uh, Chris uh, Chris Elliott. <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, like these big time actors, and like who's like, who like who's big over that? Bong Joon Ho was saying, hold on, Bong Joon Ho was saying that the scene in Parasite when the kid is directing his dad mm-hmm. to like how to be how to like get sympathy um that was like if uh the kid from ready player one was directing al pacino hmm. um by the way his name is uh kang ho song okay is the guy and he's he's also, apparently very famous i think it's interesting and when I you love, when you I do when you him. when you said um wish you could be in two countries because uh sharon Choi. Um, who is was the translator for Parasite? Oh, um, yeah, she, she or she was the translator for Bong Joon Ho and the whole, you know, the Korean cast um, throughout the whole award season. And there's a really great article. I think IndieWire put it out, but it was it's a really incredible article um, from her. Like she wrote the whole thing about how she really feels like she's kind of in both worlds. Um, like her English is pretty good. It's not amazing. Her Korean is pretty good. It's not amazing. And she also wants to be a filmmaker because uh, she feels like film is like the only way, like the visual media is like the only way she can like feel like she can really express herself. Well, her she kind of has her foot in both waters, but she's not fully immersed in either of the cultures. Well, her she, uh, she's writing a script about basically her whole experience. That's and not true. That what? she actually debunked. That's a that's another thing reason why I hate media is I feel like that was picked up well, somewhere. How the hell are we supposed to know about things? Read this article because the but article. But that's media. It, she addresses it. This is why you have to like really. I, I'm not blaming you, by the way. I'm not saying you should have known this. I'm saying I was taking I am, full offense immediately. I am saying though that that is incorrect, and I also saw uh, that same thing beforehand, and so I'm glad I, I heard saw it from this some. I, th- I thought okay. Anyways, go but on. But she said in the article that she is not writing this. She says that's much more personal, and maybe that'll come out in her films oh, later. She's but just right getting now, a tattoo. Is that what? It yeah. Is? <laughs> right now she's just getting it. No, she's writing. She didn't say what the script was about, but she says that she's writing something. Uh, <laughs> it's Aquaman that... too. <laughs> <laughs> Like this, this little experience was so personal to me. I I have to write a movie about it. It's it's Nine Lives Two, starring Kevin Yo, Spacey again. That would be so funny. <laughs> it's uh, Nine Lives Two. Uh, like she's like, this whole experience has taught me one thing. Oh, Kevin God. Spacey deserves another chance. <laughs> Kevin Spacey needs to be listened to. He needs it. You just randomly see her at like the acquittal trial for like Weinstein. She's just oh, like in well, the background. Who cares about the? Oh well, I was. About, oh, there's a, there's huge news. Oh yeah, he got that's big news. Kip, yeah, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Just to see, real that's quick. why I was saying I, I feel like know, there's, there's more news. There's things that keep going on. You need to write this stuff down. I was you were in charge of news. Thinking that in my head, I should write. And these. then you you come out and you're just like, <laughs> you know. Uh, space another... uh, Space Jams is they're talking about maybe making a second one in they're, five years. They, they talked about that for five billion. The other years. thing is Spielberg just dropped out of being an in Indiana Jones. That he's not the director anymore. Yeah, it's James uh, Man Manny Gold. Manny Anyways, Gold. back to Korean films. Yes, I watched a few Korean films this 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 uh, 
this week in preparation. Me too. One of them was Old Boy, which is I'm surprised a, it took you this long. I actually have seen I saw it in college, but I have to admit I was a little bit not in the best state of mind to uh-huh. be watching this movie. Were you sick? Um, I was under the influence, let's just say, um, of some recreational uh, oh, my materials. Deal. So I rewatched it very sober, and um, and it was it is messed up. It is a messed up movie. It's it honestly. I think rewatching it, I I knew it was weird because I was like I remember these scenes kind of vaguely, but I didn't put them all together. And I remember the ending. I remember how it ended, but I forgot everything pieced together. Just made the ending so much of, more of a punch in the stomach. Yeah, the ending um, the ending was messed up. I did not expect that. And I think I think you should definitely like if you haven't seen Old Boy. Also that hallway scene was amazing. Uh That's what I'm talking like, about. That's a famous that, scene. It's a very famous scene and also I think he was the precursor to say John Wick movies. Like John Wick I I was watching John Wick 3 today and it feels very much like uh like the like fighting, but also be like kind of comedic like that. Well, there's um, um I don't know I know you're not at all a uh, like a superhero guy, but um there in the first season of Daredevil there is a scene very much like that where it's a nonstop uh, shot of just mm-hmm. like the camera, and it's not it's not um, we don't see it from the, like you know what do you call that where it's 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 like a stage. But it's it it does go up and down a hallway, and Daredevil has to, it 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 feels like it's a real fight. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh... well, okay. So in in Old Boy, you it's a nonstop like they don't stop the camera. It's yeah, it's one take, and it, you really like it. It's one of those fight scenes that actually feels like a fight. Like it's not you yeah. know like like judo chop and judo chop and like there's it's not like cut. Like cuts, cuts, cuts. It's yeah. one whole thing, so you can yeah. see him tired, and you uh-huh. can see the people like, and that's what happens in Dare uh, the this Daredevil scene. I would, mm-hmm. I like, don't watch Daredevil. I mean, it's an okay uh, movie, uh, TV show, but just watch this one scene, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But Old Boy was one film, and that we talked about that earlier. Um, that uh, well, you you mentioned what about the one that you see? Because you said it was part of a revenge trilogy. Yes. Okay. So there is a another um, by the guy who did Old Boy. He it, it he did a non trilogy trilogy. It's called a ver- the revenge trilogy. Uh, this is uh, Chain Wook uh, Park, and he started the revenge trilogy with the sympathy of Mister Vengeance. And then he did Old Boy, which deals with uh, somebody getting vengeance. And then Lady Vengeance is the one I saw. Um, I didn't talk about. I really, I really liked it. And that's another thing is, uh, it was so twist, like so demented. The whole thing is like this lady um, wants to get revenge on a guy who kind of manipulated her at a young age to uh, help him in a murder. So. And this guy, the the bad guy in this is a child murderer. And so how she gets revenge, spoilers, is she... Okay, uh, hold on. Wait. 
I actually haven't seen this film, so uh, let's let's not spoil it. Okay, well, I'll just tell you this: this the I I always like it when I can actually feel surprised or sickened by or feel an emotion that I thought like I don't know like that truly did surprise me. And uh, this this scene, it, okay, it is a silly like a, the beginning part. I I thought was had some very silly to it. Not it wasn't supposed to be silly, but the way it was edited was a little wacky. And then mm-hmm. it and then it gets to this point and it just flips it on its head. It's not like a parasite type of like surprise, but the the tone of the movie rapidly yeah. like it's like you, you it's like if you opened up a window in space, like it's a you know, all the air just rushes the vacuum, out of the vacuum, yeah. Yeah. He does that he did that the same way with um Oldie boy. Handmaiden. Oh. Uh, he, Handmaiden is really interesting because I feel like it's, it's like three different films in one. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, you know, disjointed. They're all connected, but he, he switches the, pers- like he switches things around so many times throughout that movie. Now, the, um, the thing about that movie is, um, I know, you know, lists are, you know, relative, but um, all the lists I've seen of like top Korean films um, that movie is always number one. Handmade. It's always up there, yeah. Well, not also, up there. By it's the way, always number one. But talking about um, which also goes to the point of I think it's great that Parasite won the Oscar. Yes, and I hope it introduces people more to South Korean films. But I don't like that. I feel like a majority of people are going to be like Parasite is the best South Korean film because it won all these things like parasite is number one once i see parasite like what's the point of seeing all these other south korean films that is first off you shouldn't be thinking of that about a whole culture of cinema um second off it's not true i i personally like some of his other films and also other films more other south korean films more than parasite um but like something else i uh, I mean, well, you already, instance, you already um, said uh, Murderer. I think I liked, well, yeah, uh, Memories of Murder. Which, and by I the also, way, I, is coming to Criterion Collection. I think I liked Old Boy more than Parasite. Um, and I also think, okay, so the other film that I saw this week um, was this movie called My Sassy Girl. And My Sassy Girl uh, is a rom-com that came out in 2001. It was actually remade in in America in 2006 or something, and it, it didn't really do too well. But The Sassy Girl um, actually was a really big film in South Korea, and it, it got some, like, critical press. Um, like, internationally, it was well-regarded. Um, I personally didn't love it. Um, I think one one cool thing about Korean cinema, more so than in America cinema, is I feel like... <coughs> pardon they do a good job of setting up weird situations and then just letting it play out and like really like being patient with the scene. Um, and that was, I think, and also the ending of the film, I think I really loved, but I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms and some of it was kind of slow. There was also a lot of throwing up in the beginning. That oh, I didn't really, wait I a didn't minute. Really... Oh, what? Sorry. I just, I just remembered a old movie that I watched. Um, that I just forgot uh, was South Korean. What? It's called I'm a Robot. No, sorry. I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. A friend of mine showed it to me, and it's about a guy who, 
A girl who thinks she's a combat cyborg checks into a mental hospital where she encounters other psychotics. Eventually, she falls for a man who thinks he can steal people's souls. I thought it was an I thought it was a fun film, but when um, did it come out? Two thousand six, and uh, guess who directed it? Uh, Chen Wook Park. Oh, poop. Yeah, man, thing, he's great. Thing is, is like this movie is a like a really big departure from because the movies I've seen of his, and from what I know about Handmaiden, is you know they're they're pretty messed up. This movie, mm-hmm. this movie's. Like kind of like that's the sassy girl thing, where where it's kind of a, a rom com, like just people. That's trying also to fall really in love. interesting because that title, "I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay," is the title of this YouTube channel that I follow. That they take like old films, like old international films, and they put like modern indie songs over top of it. Like they edit it. Oh, that's so cool. it's like a mu- it's like a music video, but it has like like for instance, it takes uh. Well, sometimes they take like American films, like they took uh, Paris, Texas, and they put um, some sales song over top of it, or they put like Mac DeMarco over top of it, or they put, uh, I don't know, like whatever, like it's like indie songs like that, and they edit it so it's like a music video. Wait, what is this? It's called I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. Mm. It's that, that title. I thought that that was the original title, but I guess it was from this movie. Um but the the last film that I saw, and actually I'm currently watching as we're doing this uh, show, not truly, I, I I haven't finished it, but it's honestly a really good, like, really good film. Uh, and it's from 1960, um, and it's called The the House Maiden, not Handmaiden, The House Maiden. Um, and it was directed by um, Kim Ki-young. Um, and Kim Ki-young, uh, was one of the most prominent directors in the golden age of Korean cinema and well, Korean, uh, yeah, in Korean cinema. Oh, and he, and this film was also, it's on the Criterion collection and it's, uh, it was preserved Hello. or it was reserved or, uh, restored by, um, the, the, the Scorsese's film foundation. Yeah, boy. Um, Which, so it, I owe a it's, lot of money too. It's honestly, yeah, you do. Uh, it's honestly an incredible film so far. Like it's, it's not. Good, I think not good enough to people, actually watch all the way through. But no, I just I I had a pack and I had to do things, but I wanted to keep watching. Um, but I'm excited to finish it because it's a really good film. Man, and see this. It, oh god, it's it. No, I want to keep talking about it. It's. I think a lot of. It's interesting as well, like, looking at... I honestly don't know too much about Chinese cinema, um, but especially looking at uh, Japanese cinema, I think a lot of Japanese cinema, like, especially at that time, uh, Kurosawa jumps a lot back to Japanese, um, like, in history, like, be- deep, deep back in, like, the 12, 1200, back when it was, like, all tribals and there was ninjas and samurais and things like that. But Korean films, I feel like, are much more grounded in, like uh in uh in modern times because this film a lot of the korean films that i'm seeing i don't see a lot of them jumping back in time a lot of them i think are very much focused on the present and very present uh social hierarchies and things like that um and this film felt very modern even like for the 60s it felt very modern like it felt like on par with a lot of films that were coming out in the 60s in america like it, it feels like a very raw film um and I think if you have the Criterion 
uh, channel, you should watch it because it's really good. Do you have it? I do. I'm borrowing it. You I'm do? Oh, uh, you're I'm so lucky. Account. I, I had it for a week, and yeah. it was not doing so well on my streaming site and uh, or on my computer, so I deactivated it. What? Yeah, no, I mean, like, here's the other thing. I don't, I don't really, I have no time to watch movies. I'm trying yeah. to make, I'm trying to make my movie, which is why, just for letting, you know, placing this in a time capsule, uh, Sam is coming to Pittsburgh, yep. and uh, I have the, my apartment is free all week, so. And we got to figure out this video. We got to figure, oh, that's right, we got to figure out, oh, yeah, so people at home, uh, we are making, we are filming a Patreon video, which will be fun and funny, um, and laughs, there's, there's romance, there's comedy. She laughed, she cried, it sues me, Bob. One of the most what's, classic, what's that from? one of the most classic Veggie Tales quotes ever. <laughs> Tell you she the laughs, truth. She cries. It, it sues me, me, Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to yeah. put anything on my tombstone, put that. What? Uh, what's some final words on Korean cinema, Zach? We're running out of time. Um, final words. I am enthralled. If if a genie or or if some cruel master came to me and said, "You have to choose one other. You can't watch any more." American films. First, I would say fine, whatever. <laughs> and then, then this this mean person would be like, "But you ha- you can only choose one other country." And I would, you know, South Korea. I mean, I would really have to think about that. But uh, South Korea, I would definitely be like, maybe South Korean uh, films. I I really love their stuff, and I want to be a part of um, the uh, uh, whatever revolution. Yeah, I would say um, I concur. I think South Korea, it's Parasite is is not the precipice. It is heralding in a new I, uh, era, era that has actually, I feel like, been era. going on. I think it's been going on starting with Old Boy um, and starting well, with, like, the t- 2000s. Yeah. I think it's been going on for a while, but us in America are so closed off from everything that we now are starting to truly take notice um and i think the more i also think i think in general like uh, he said like a line at the oscars or i forget where it was with like you guys in america need to get past the the one like the barrier of like the three Please. inches of subtitles I, and i think that's like I could, it's so true just like watch more international if films. i could Don't give think of it as international think of it as just other films that are different than the typical directors that you see. If you're tired of Tarantino, watch international films. Which, he by the steals way, steals everything from international films. By yeah, the way, yeah, no, that's the thing. If you're tired of Quentin Tarantino, that means you've watched nine movies. You know? Yeah, just watch more things. Yeah.